What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach. Always a fun, iconic week, but no amateurs in the field this time around. So we're going to talk about how that changes a few things in terms of the courses and uh, a bit of a, the strategy. But as I like to do, I uh, just want to shout out a couple of, of really great winners from last week, whether it was someone who uh, sent me a message, whether it's someone part of the community, whether I just stumbled upon it, all that good stuff. Uh, so first of all, Will Brinson, who, who you guys might know better from the Pick 6 pod from CBS Sports, uh, the football podcast, has Brooks Koepka in his DraftKings lineup, goes and out and wins $80,000 second place in the big uh, contest on DraftKings. Congratulations to uh, Will. It's always good to, when good people find newfound wealth, Will is, is awesome. So uh, stoked to see him line his pockets a little bit. And then I got a message, a note from CW who said he had his best week ever after grinding a lot of DFS, and it was a $219 win in the quarter arcade. And, and again, I just like to point out both ends of the spectrum, right? You know, you can have a great week by winning a bunch of money. You could have a great week by uh, turning 25 cents into $220. I mean, that's a great ROI. We're all kind of in this for different reasons, and it's nice to be able to showcase a couple of those as well. So congratulations to everybody. There was... There was a lot of Brooks Kepka outright tickets. There was a lot of winning lineups. I unfortunately had a great core, didn't have Brooks in it, uh, but a lot of you did. So congratulations and congratulations on the outright tickets. Also, big congrats out to the winners of RickRunGood.com subscription. So all the tools that you're going to see in these videos come from RickRunGood.com. That's my site. Um, I put them all together. I think it's great. I use them a lot. I hope you do too. Uh, Big Pete Campbell and Elliot Boyles, Broyles, excuse me, are the winners from last week. I've already reached out to you. I'll get you all set up on the site with your subscriptions. If you want to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to enter. If you are on YouTube, uh, all you have to do is make sure you're subscribed to this channel, like this video, and comment below with your favorite golfer over $9,000. And if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast, it is called 300 Yards to Unknown. I will link it in the description. Leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Say something nice about the show, leave me your Twitter handle, and that'll get you entered in the draw as well. A lot easier to win that one because less people do it. Do both, double your chances. Pretty simple stuff. Um, otherwise, I'm trying to think what else. This week, we've got a couple of live chats. I, I already know uh, I've got expected outage of internet on Wednesday, but but as you saw last Wednesday, we will roll on. We'll figure out a way to get the, the 3 p.m. Eastern live chat on Wednesday done. Whether I've got to stream it from my phone with my wife asking questions like we did last week, we will figure out a way. So join me for that. And then 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, uh, the Jock Market Power Hour Stock Market DFS. We had our biggest week ever last week for that show. I'm hoping to beat that again this week. So 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. It's one of the most fun formats, one of the most profitable formats. Um, there was a lot of Brooks Kepka shares out there that people turned in from like $7 on Wednesday into $25 on, on Sunday. So uh, absolutely awesome stuff all around. I think that's all the announcements. I think that's everything. Let's jump into the courses for this week. 
All right, so Pebble Beach, uh, that is the host course. We are back to a two-course rotation. We do that a lot this time of year because of daylight issues, right? We got to get these rounds in. We use multiple courses. So the first two rounds will be split amongst uh, Pebble Beach and Spyglass Hill. Now, historically, this event has had a three-course rotation and the amateurs involved. Uh, there are no amateurs, so we're down to a two-course rotation. So uh, Monterey Peninsula, she gone. That gets the boot. And we are going back to your standard 36 hole cut instead of a 54 hole cut. So basically what we saw at the American Express, what we saw at Torrey Pines, same thing, two course rotation, 36 holes. And then they're going to go back to Pebble Beach for the um, for the final two rounds of this event. The takeaways for this week, uh, we're back on Poana greens. So that is a very different style of putting and reading greens that, that we've, uh, you know, we see on the West coast, right? We had it Torrey Pines. Um, and also I'm actually showing 5,000 square feet on average for green size on this tool. Uh, that's wrong. So I will update this. I must not have switched that when I was going through everything this morning, it's actually 3,500 square feet. So I'll update that in just one minute. These are some of the absolute smallest greens that we get on the PGA Tour. So it means a couple of things. If you're going to hit your irons well, you're going to be at an advantage. Although a lot of guys are going to miss greens. So having a decent short game, the ability to get up and down is going to be very handy. Okay, so those those are the two big things. And if we just look at the model, my, my favorite thing in the whole world, let's just look at the course stats for this Driving distance is the most important stat for Pebble Beach historically by the model, not by my gut or anything like that. The reason why I think that is because a lot of people are going to be like, but Rick, this is a short, it's a short course and short hitters have won here. That is correct. They have. Uh, but this looks at not just winners. It looks at all performances and all types of golfers. And I think the reason that driving distance has been so important is because there are a lot of natural similar landing areas at Pebble Beach where kind of everybody, no matter how long or short you are, hits it to the same spot off the tee. So then what happens is the longer hitters have shorter clubs into the greens than the shorter hitters have into the greens. So it's almost counterintuitive where the Longer hit the guys who drive it far don't really see that benefit as much off the tee, but they see it in a big way on their approach shots. So that is why driving distance, I believe, still ranks as one of the highest, the highest, uh, most important stat for this week in the model. You'll see driving accuracy, of course, you know, shorter courses always tend to. Uh, allow short hitters, guys who tend to be more accurate to find success here. Uh, you see strokes gain putting, you know, th these, these Oceanside Poana greens are always difficult. They're always different. They're there's always something going on with them. So strokes gain putting is important. And then I was actually surprised to see um, around the green strokes gain around the green ranks so low. And when I say low, it's actually 19th. So it is still in terms of strokes gained around the green, 
it is still uh, more important here at Pebble Beach than it is at most courses on the PGA Tour, which makes sense. I was just expecting it to to see it uh, actually higher than this, like something like a top ten stat. But the model doesn't lie. There's no there's really no uh, opinion in the model. And, and then what I think is is really interesting here is last week we had the most important strokes gained approach uh, course on tour. And we saw that, you know, I, I could, I'd, I'd have to run the numbers, but um, you go back and you look at the leaderboard from last week and guys that were in contention all week long. And there were a lot of ball strikers. There were a lot of guys who were able to, who are able to hit their irons. Well, fast forward to this week and strokes gained approach is a middle of the pack stat for this tour stop, but it is one of the least important stats uh, when you compare it to the other. So it, it is it is rare that you get strokes gained approach being more important than, or I'm sorry, strokes gained around the green being more important than strokes gained approach. It's fairly rare for strokes gained putting to be more important than strokes gained uh, both approach and off the tee. So it, it is kind of a different beast. It is why we've seen uh, some short hitters have really great success here. I mean, remember Ted Potter Jr. beat Dustin Johnson in a playoff here? That is that is going to be something you're going to hear a lot about this week. So um, kind of have to re- reset your brain from last week and from a lot of places and kind of open it up because there are guys that I think are much more viable this week than most. There are only four golfers over $10,000 this week. Uh, I would describe this field as very top heavy. It is Dustin Johnson. It is Patrick Cantlay. Then Paul Casey is actually more expensive than Daniel Berger is. And that's it. Those are your guys over, over 10 K. And, and there are certainly questions about some of them. Um, so I would define this, uh, this, this field as, as top heavy. I want to talk about Dustin Johnson. We have to talk about Dustin Johnson. I have made, Basically, a resolution in 2021 to play more Dustin Johnson. You know, for what he did last year, what he ends up with, three victories, uh, player of the year, just dominance. I, I didn't have enough of him. And, and, and it's kind of easy to be like, ah, DJ's just like, whatever, right? He doesn't get the needle moving. You can make a lot of excuses. At the end of the day, he, he's the guy. He's the number one player in the world. He's phenomenal. He cements that number one player ranking last week with another victory in Saudi Arabia. You can argue... Hey, he's flying 8,100 miles from Saudi Arabia to Pebble Beach to play this event. He's going to be tired. Like, I'm over making excuses to not play Dustin Johnson. I'm just kind of over it. And and I think that um, in a field this top-heavy, and and even the the, the odds makers are reflecting how good of a chance it is for Dustin Johnson to win this golf tournament. So he opened up at 4-1, to plus 400 to win this event. There have only been a handful of other golfers who are even like 5-1 to or shorter in the past couple of years. If you look at this from a, a fantasy perspective, so if you go to the Holy Grail, if you go to fantasy scoring, if you scroll down, you can see the logs. It, let's just sort this by most expensive players. Um, you know, we can throw out uh, the, the tour championship results, right? Because that's staggered scoring. You're, the, the, the salaries are all over the place. Um, the last time we saw a $12,000 golfer was, well, hold on. Let me make sure I get this. It, it was actually Justin Thomas. I mean, let me clear this out here. It was Justin Thomas at last year's, the 2020 Sony Open. Uh, pricing has been a lot softer on... Um, on DraftKings recently. So I was a bit surprised to actually see DJ get to the full 12,000. He was 12,000 at the RBC Heritage. 
in 2018. He was 12,000 at the Rocket Mortgage Classes Classic in 2019. He finished 16th and missed the cut, respectively, in those two events. I'm not really using that as as indication of whether or not you should be playing these golfers uh, when they're as expensive as they are. Uh, I would be more. I'm more concerned about his ownership than I am about his salary. If that makes sense, that's something we can talk about on the Wednesday live chat. Um, because I want to see what this ownership number is going to be, but I'm not concerned about the salary at all. To be to be quite frank, he's been unbelievable at Pebble Beach. I mean, he's just been he's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal in every. I mean, there's just there's just nothing to argue about. If you want to complain about the 8100 miles he's flying, that's fine. Let's talk about ownership um, instead of that. Like let's let's figure it out on Wednesday. I think there is. A bit of intrigue around the other three golfers here. And again, this is going to be dictated, I feel, so much by the ownership because Cantlay, you know, for all for all intents and purposes, is um, in a pretty good spot here. Now, you get a $700 discount. It's, it's not as much. So when you look relative to the odds, and uh, I think so, DJ's 4-1, to one, Cantlay's 10-1. to one. I wish Cantlay was like, 10-9. I think that would probably be more indicative, but but you can't have such a huge gap in DraftKings scoring like you kind of can in the odds market. So I actually would almost prefer to bet Cantlay than play him in my in my DFS in my DraftKings lineup with, with the current pricing that we have. Uh, it's not a knock against his game. It's just I, I think there's a bit more of an edge in one spot over another. Uh, you know, he won the Zozo Championship. He shot the course record on Sunday at the American Express. He finished second there. He had a, an 11th place finish here last year. Uh, he's, a, he's a great iron player. He's accurate off the tee. Like, it's I, I love Cantlay. Um, Casey and Berger are kind of interesting. So Casey, you know, a lot of people might not realize he won on the European tour two weeks ago, not in Saudi Arabia. He won in Abu Dhabi, I believe it was, or Dubai. I can't remember. Uh, he won whichever one of those events uh, that, that Hatton didn't win. And he is, you know, a great ball striker. He, he, let's, let's look, I want to look up his putting numbers on, uh, on POA, actually. So if we can do this together, so strokes gained by round, we'll do Paul Casey, and I'll just get his baseline. So he is a dead neutral putter since the start of 2015. Let's go a little bit more recent. Let's go since since basically the start of, eh, let's do two years. Let's do 2019, because I want to get enough rounds on these surfaces. So he's losing about a quarter of a stroke putting overall. Let's see what he is on Poana. Oh, he's even worse. He's even worse. It's only it's only 24 rounds, but he's losing about half a stroke. What happens if we do let's do two more years? So let's do four or five years total here. Uh yeah. Kind of, he, so he's been worse recently on Poana. He is uh longer term, much closer to his baseline, about a quarter of a stroke as a as a loser. So that's gonna be very on brand for for Paul Casey. Um I'll be interested to see what that ownership number is, but I'll be very interested to see what the ownership on Daniel Berger is. Um a very bad missed cut for a guy who was incredibly popular last week. Uh that in the, in years past, that would have moved the needle a lot more, but Berger had kind of a mini meltdown. I don't want to call it a meltdown. I think he only played his, his final nine, uh, two over par, but really left some strokes out there. Misses the cut on the number. I don't think it was as bad as people want to believe, but he burned everybody last week and now he's over $10,000. He's played here twice. He's got top 10 finishes in both of them, including a fifth place finish last year. If, if he checks in at like, uh, 
11% owned. I'd be pretty interested in Daniel Berger, and we'll see, we'll see what Dustin Johnson comes in at. But um, Berger's, Berger's super interesting to keep an eye on for the rest of the week. The 9K range. Led off by Will Zalatoris. Is there anything this guy can't do? Uh, I know he didn't have a great Sunday last week at the Waste Management, but he still finds a way to finish 17th. Um, what I think is so jarring are, are a couple of these metrics. And remember, Will Zalatoris' sample size is a lot smaller than everybody else's. But he is gaining... On average, 26 DraftKings points to the field each week. So what what that means is, uh, just like strokes gained, if you take the average number of DraftKings score uh, DraftKings points scored each week, and you see if you've scored more than that, you gain points. If you score less than that, you lose points. Zalatoris is gaining on average 26 more points than the field average. It's the best in the field. It's more than DJ, who's at 21. It's more than Patrick Cantlay, who's at 19. Obviously a much smaller sample size, and Will Zalatoris has played in fields that are like the Bermuda Championship and some of these kind of weaker field events, while DJ really only tees it up at the best of the best. But that's a lot. 26 DraftKings points gained, by far the most in the field. He is uh, essentially by far the best iron player in the field. Um, 1.09 strokes on approach. Oh, you know, this is kind of longer term stuff. We can go look into the Holy Grail and, and see since, since um, you know, let's call it since the restart. So let's do that. So let's get, get rid of Poana. Let's get rid of Paul Casey. Let's do 6-1 2020. And let's sort by, make sure we have this field loaded in. We do. Strokes gained approach. Yeah. Zalatoris, 18 rounds, 1.09. Uh, DJ's 0.83. And then Norlander and Neesmith and Varner and Molinari, actually guys we can talk about more in depth, kind of rounds out the, the top there of guys that have at least, uh, call it 18 rounds, because Brian, Ryan Blom's in there as well, but only eight rounds to consider. So um, yeah, that that's that's really noteworthy for Zalatoris. We're going to continue to keep an eye on him. Um, I, I like him again this week. Again, I, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get two of uh, as many guys above $9,000 as I can. I think it's a really, really top-heavy field. We have to talk about Jordan Spieth. we got to spend some energy on Jordan Spieth here. Jordan Spieth does it. He uh, gives us all the warm and fuzzy, scores 115 DraftKings points at last week's Waste Management, which as I scroll through this, his best fantasy performance since... I'm still scrolling. Since... I'm still scrolling. Uh, well, at least the last two years... Uh, the guy, he's only cracked a hundred, a hundred draft Kings points on a couple of occasions. Uh, hasn't done it since 2018. Is he back? Is he back? That's the big question. That's what everybody wants to know. Um, I'm actually cautiously optimistic, uh, very cautiously optimistic. I, I actually drafted Jordan Spieth in the sixth or seventh round of Pat Mayo's season long draft. I said, this is kind of a, a really important year for him. Uh, the fact that he's able to notch a top 10, even though it was uh, probably disappointing in some aspects, right? When you are the uh, the 54-hole co-leader, um, is, is a really good sign. And here's what I think is actually an even better sign. And this is uh, the, the live leaderboard uh, from last week. So you can just kind of go check this out. I, I mean, this is rickrungood.com. This is actually a free tool. You can, you can check this one out. Uh, Jordan Spieth laps the field in strokes gained approach. Gained 7.8 of them. Uh, the next closest guy, Brooks Kepka, gaining six on approach. Now, this is the really bad thing. You know, he's losing nearly a shot per round off the tee. That is terribly scary. At Pebble Beach, I wonder how much that's going to hurt him um, because you got to kind of be accurate around here. You want to play out of the fairway. 
although it's not very long and, and Jordan is kind of sneaky long. So I might, I wonder if he hits a lot of three wood around here. He's had a lot of great success at Pebble beach. And of course he is a, a short game maverick. Um, I, I mean, this is not a pretty stat line by any stretch of the imagination, but the fact that he's uh, awesome in approach, that he's always got kind of this little short game wizardry that can come out at any moment, and he's going to a place where short game is probably going to be important, and he has a lot of great vibes here. I'm actually kind of, I hate to say it, in on speed this week. He's 9,700. I, I have no idea. We've not seen a $9,700 version of, of Jordan Spieth since, I mean, I can tell you, let's, let's just find out 9,700. He is, we have not seen him be $9,700. Well, I guess since the Safeway, the opening event of this year, that was once in the last year and a half that, that is where we're at right now. So I don't know what people are going to do. Uh, but I'm actually very, very, very cautiously optimistic about Jordan Speed this week. The bottom of this 9K range, love it. Um, you know, listen, Fra Francesco Molinari, you want to talk about guys like, are they back? We've got back-to-back -back top 10s from Molinari. He is uh, historically a pretty good short game player. The putter lets him down at times. He's probably going to hit enough fairways around Pebble Beach. I, I think if we're building something here, Molinari is an interesting option. Sam Burns, you know, I've actually spent a lot of oxygen on Sam Burns over the course of the past um, uh, three weeks since, since he made his 2021 debut. He has played basically, so he's played 10 rounds. Seven of them have been phenomenal. Uh, three of them have been pretty terrible. Let me see if I can pull the numbers for you. All right, so I'm going to give you the raw strokes gain numbers here. So he's played 10 rounds. So these are actually his strokes gained for these 10 rounds. It doesn't matter if they were measured or not. I'm giving you the raw strokes gained here. So he has three rounds where he's lost three or more strokes in that round. Utterly terrible. He lost six, he lost four, he lost three. He has four rounds in which he's gained three or more. Three, five, five, and six. That's insane. And then he has uh, three rounds here kind of in the middle where he gains 0 0.7, 0 0.8, and then a little over one. So what I see is an incredibly volatile golfer who has flashed a lot this year. Really great play. I've seen it convert into uh, essentially two consecutive top 20 finishes, a 22nd and an 18th, I see a guy who bombs it off the tee who probably won't be able to tap into that this week, uh, at least off the tee, but he's going to be hitting a shorter iron into every single one of these greens than a lot of his peers. I'm worried about the short game. I'm worried that things could go awry in that, in that department, but like we are seeing things from Sam Burns. Like I bet you, without looking this up, I bet you he's the only guy who has gained three and a half strokes in four different rounds. I could look that. I, okay. Now I got to look it up, but I, I bet that's the case. Let me see if I'm right. Okay. So Burns has done it four times. Answer has done it three. Adam Scott has done it three. Carlos Ortiz has done it three. Charlie Hoffman's done it three. Norlander's done it three. Neiman's done it three. Okay. Justin Thomas has done it four times. <laughs> Justin Thomas. Max Homa has three, Patrick Reed has three, Wierenski has three, Sabatini has three, Palmer has three, Burns has four, Siwoo Kim has four, wow, and they were all, no, they were not all in the same week. Sungjae has three, Finau has three, 
Xander has five. Oh my God, Xander's so good. So here's the list. Xander five, JT four, Siwoo Kim four, Sam Burns four. Short list. Short list of guys who have that much upside in a single round already this year. So again, I'll just... Throw it out there. I'm a big believer in his in his in his game. You go, you go down to eighty nine hundred dollars. You start with Kevin Streelman. I expect him to be popular. Another great ball striker who uh, showed us that again last week. So if you go back and short sort strokes gained approach, last or um, uh, Streelman was seventh in strokes gained approach. Now he goes to a place where he has had a ton of success. Look at this. Just the last five years alone at Pebble Beach. Second, seventh, sixth, 14th, 17th. My goodness, Kevin Streelman is going to be popular and for good reason. Max Homa's in there as well. I like that. Um, You know, Phil... Phil, 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 Phil. I know he found the magic last year to finish third. He won it two years ago. Uh, a couple of runner-up finishes in the last five. I've, I've said it many times. Kind of a different version of Phil Mickelson. I'm going back to Brendan Steele. $8,400. Now three straight top 30s in a row. A 30th, a 21st, and a 4th. He is wearing out. He is wearing out the center of his club faces. Let me pull up his golfer profile here. And we'll just look by tournament. And we'll do Brendan Steele. Uh, Just a, a ball striker like you can't even believe right now. So good off the tee last week. Uh, at, at Phoenix, awesome with his irons uh, at the American Express, really good off the tee at Sony. I mean, I'm just seeing a lot of green ball striking numbers. The putter is horribly bad. I mean, he lost five strokes putting last week. It's probably one of his worst ever. Let's see. Uh, actually not. He's such a bad putter, but like his like eighth worst putting tournament ever losing five strokes putting a little over five. So uh, I, these are the types of golfers that I like. You know, put it, put an iron, put a wedge in his hand, hope that he hits it to 12 feet and he rolls in enough of those to not absolutely kill you. The bottom of the 8K, James Hahn, who, if you were paying attention on Sunday, I'll have to tell this story in full at some point. Um, William Hill just hung the wrong number. They just forgot about James Hahn, hung the wrong number on him as he was two shots back. I got him at 125 to one. I was going to make a killing when he was three shots clear with like eight holes to play. I'll... I'll save you the, the bad beat story there. Um, he's 8,000. He's going to have a lot of disappointment. He hasn't had a lot of, uh, of, of, uh, of success here at Pebble Beach. Um, I will probably wait one week. I think some guys, you know, after, after touching the lead like he did and then collapsing, I wonder if that actually has some impact on him, especially at a place that he hasn't had a lot of good success. Uh, Matthew Neesmith is here. You know, uh, he was a, a, a really big contributor to my lineups last week. He popped off because of his strokes gain approach numbers. Um, and he's still obviously a great iron player. And he finished seventh last week. He finished 11th here last year, and he did not get a massive increase in price. I forget what he was last week, but I mean, this is a really top-heavy field. You're seeing guys like Kevin Streelman be $8,900. You're seeing uh, Alex Noren at 83 and Brian Harmon at 82. I don't think it's that crazy that Matthew Neesmith is 8,000. I don't mind it, but it really, as we jump down to the 7K range, it's got to be Peter Malnati's season, right? I mean, this guy, I mean, what's he have? Four top 15 finishes already this season. Uh, he's got an 11th place finish here last year. He's a great putter. He's going to do it the opposite way as some of these other guys. He's going to rely on that short game. So that's what you're going to expect out of uh, crazy psycho Peter Malnati this week. Now that we're in this um, you know, 7,500 and lower range, I'm going to jump over to the Holy Grail and see if we can find some 
uh, just some value here, just by looking at some of the stats that I'm that I'm most interested in this week. And obviously, we're going to run a model here at the end. But let's go since the restart. Everybody in this field, uh, I, I do kind of want to know about the around the green game. I, I really do think that's going to be important. Um, you know, these, these greens are just so small, 3,500 square feet on average. Actually, you know what, what we can do actually watch this. Let's just do the entire date range. Let's do on small greens. Let's do strokes gain total on small greens. How about that? Strokes gain total on small greens. We can actually throw, I'd be really cutting it down if I put Poana in here. Um, all right, let's just do it just for the sake of this. Ches Reevee has gained on average two strokes per round in his 26 rounds on small Poana greens, $7,500. JB Holmes has 46 such rounds, $6,600. He's over two, two strokes per round. Uh, Brent Snedeker, I wouldn't go back to him. A lot of this is probably older stuff. Okay, here you go. Nate Lashley. Lashley's played well recently. He's 7,100. He's got 11 rounds on small greens uh, with Poana, and he's gaining 1.89 in those rounds. Let's just go to small greens and and let's just I feel like I'm saying Walgreens. Let's do small greens and go more recent so I can kind of maybe bump out some of those like Snedeker kind of stats here. Stats here. Uh Zach Sucher, a 14 round 6100 that is leads the way on small greens. I don't know how many of those are recent. Uh I guess I could just click them and find out. It, the last one was at this event a year ago. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, Dustin Johnson. There's that man, Henrik Norlander again. Chase Seifert, uh, Andrew Putnam. I'm trying to look in that like 7K range. So just kind of trying to go through these a little bit. Reevee, of course, pops up again. So Reevee, uh, who actually garnered a $700 bet on points bet from somebody last week at 300 to 1, actually probably looks better for this week than he did last week. And then sub 6K here, or sub 7K, I do that, I say that every single week. Sub 7K. It's pretty ugly. You know, Ted Potter Jr.'s here. Obviously a winner three years ago. Uh, I will probably not let that influence me at all. Davis Riley has a smaller sample size, but is gaining on average 10 draft Kings points to the field when he tees it up. Will Gordon on a terrible run of golf, uh, probably the only guy in this range who has gained more draft Kings points on average per round. There is, look at how bad the bottom of this is. This is just, these guys are coming in off of Miscut after miscut after miscut. Wow. Really ugly. So my idea of, um, you know, two guys over 9K or like, where am I going to find something at the bottom of this? Bramlett? 18th at Farmers? 18th here last year? Brian Gay, who, you know, historically there's four courses a year you'd want to play him at. This is one of them. Coming off of two missed cuts in a 72nd. Uh, but had a seventh and an eighth two years and three years ago. It's pretty ugly. This is really ugly stuff. Let's see if I can find somebody in the custom model. Let's do a custom model. So uh, again, rickrungood.com. You can go check this out. You can add any weights that you want. So here's what I know. Uh, distance is important. So let's go 30. Let's go accuracy though. This is kind of weird. Accuracy also kind of important. Let's do 18 there. Let's do uh, a, around the green with 20. Putting with 15, and then that leaves me with what 17. Let's do it's a full par 72, right? So, man, let's do this is tough. 
this is tough. Cause I don't want to double up strokes gained off the tee again, because I've kind of got driving and accuracy there. Uh, I have around the green. I have putting, I could do approach for 17. Let's do, let's do 12 on approach and the rest on par fives. And let's run this and see what happens. Oh boy. Uh, well, Daniel Berger, my number one golfer, I'm going to be, uh, <laughs> am I really going to go back to the well here? So my top three golfers, Berger, Cantlay, Johnson, not all that surprising. The order is Harold Varner. The third, uh, is my fourth. That's interesting. He, he, he played well last week. Cam Davis. Wow. Seamus power pops up here. $6,500. Nick Watney, 6,200. Uh, I'll do some more investigation into those guys. Brendan Steele is in my top 10. That's kind of interesting. You know, Burger 10,100. I really need to see what this comes across on Wednesday, what his ownership is. The other thing is this. I think last week my my highest score, so the, or lowest score, my best scored golfer, I think was like a 10 in this rating system. This week it's 42 is Daniel Berger. So that that to me says there's not like a lot, you know, there's not guys that are like so perfect for the metrics that I input. Uh, but the best of the metrics that I input is Daniel Berger then Patrick Cantlay, then Dustin Johnson. I'd love to get two of those guys. Probably not going to happen. Almost certainly not going to happen. Howard Varner, the third interesting value option at 7,700 bucks. I think he had a top 20 last week and he was uh, flying up the leaderboard on Saturday, I want to say. So this is this is pretty interesting. Th- these are guys that I'm going to have to look more into. Also, Seamus Power, Nick Watney. Those might just be small sample sizes, but I'll take a peek. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, this is going to be a fun one. You know, you t- anytime you get a chance to... See Pebble Beach in action. World's best players. You don't have to deal with the six and a half hour rounds with the amateurs out there. It's going to be a ton of fun. So let me know what you think. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week. And I'll talk to you guys soon.